This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Well, hey there, folks, and welcome to Dealer News Today. Glad you are with us for episode one of season six. That's right, six seasons already. Can you believe it? I mean, well, we are an award-winning podcast, so I can believe it, you know. Uh, sure, a little humble brag never hurt nobody, right? <laughs> but you can listen to all the past episodes and seasons with tons of great guests at any time you'd like. Just head over to dealernewstoday.com or anywhere that you get your podcasts or listen to your podcasts. Uh, make sure you follow the show on social media at Dealer News Today. I am your host, Derek D. And if you don't know who I am, that's completely fine. Just head over to DerekD.com if you'd like to find out. All right, let's jump right into this first episode of season six with our guest. He's got about 30 years experience in the automotive world and has been with one company the whole time, which, you know, is pretty impressive. I'm also going to ask him about a, you know, a quick, a little intern stint he had with Disney back in the day, which is interesting. He's the Senior Director of Sales, Marketing, Product, and Consumer Operations for Infinity. Please welcome Bob Welby to the show. Hey, Bob. Thanks for coming on DNT. Hey, Derek. It's great to be with you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you coming on the show. So tell me uh, a little bit about yourself. Where are you originally from? Oh, you'll hear it in a few minutes, but Boston is where I grew up originally. So I'm, oh, I'm, nice. I'm, I'm going to try not to let our New Jersey-Boston thing get in the way, because if, if we talk <laughs> about Yankees and Red Sox, you and I could have a problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I live in, uh, I'm from Jersey. I live by the beach in Jersey. So uh so yeah, and I love Boston though. It's, it's it's a great city, but I'd imagine you're you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, it's a born and raised. You can take you know the boy out of Boston, but you can't take Boston out of the boy. <laughs> I'm a Giants fan, so you probably you know, ah, one team that beat okay. you guys in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh yeah. no, and the Eagles, of course. But yeah, shot yeah. received. They got a shot received. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I'm not shooting shots. I'm just saying. Eli has Tom uh, Tom's number. Anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so you're originally from Boston. Where do you live now? So now I reside in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, okay. So you're in Nashville. Nice. A lot of good music over there, of course. Yes. I'm sure you get to. It, it's hard to, to find bad music in this town. Yeah, that, that's for sure. So um, obviously, you know, you went to, where'd you go? You went to school at the University of New Hampshire, right? And then sure. then you, you started working with Nissan right out of... Uh, college i'm assuming and you've been there for what 27 plus years that's right pretty much that i think i'm a dinosaur in that regard right? i've been with one company <laughs> for the entire time and it's a it's been a blast but yeah 27 years coming on 28 with the company the last 10 plus has been de dedicated specifically to infinity and that has been a joy ride as well right which we which we all know that uh you know infinity is a brand you know nissan's more luxurious brand that's right um yeah, so that, that's that's pretty cool. No, and I think that's awesome that you've been with one brand for that long. I mean, that's 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 dedication. That's uh, what's the word? Brand um, loyalty. Brand yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's been it's it's amazing to see how a culture kind of grows and evolves with the the way the the industry has changed over the past couple of decades. Not to mention the past twenty four months. But it's also great to see how things stay the same. You know, the way that there, there's like an essence to a brand, and that's we've certainly seen that in Infinity. And uh, it, it's fun to be a part of that for an extended period of time and see how it just grows and evolves. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you got to do. That's a good outlook. Uh, but uh, real quick, I need to ask you this because I, I read this about you somewhere. Uh, you, you were an intern for Disney. 
in the early or mid 90s? What'd you do there? <laughs> it was a great opportunity. So I was a ferry boat captain at Walt That's Disney awesome. World at the Magic Kingdom. They have these great ferry boats. If you've been there, you know it. There's the when you're in the parking lot at the Magic Kingdom, you take the monorail, the ferry boat. I got to drive those ferry boats, Derek. Can you believe they let me do that? <laughs> That's so cool, man. That's yeah. awesome. I, I, I was just curious to what you did there. But yeah, you drove the ferry boat. So that's yeah, pretty cool. It, it was part of an amazing college program where you get to learn about the culture of the business, right? How they operate in the in the parks, right? Their philosophy, the way they do business. And then you get sure. to experience it by actually being on the front lines and, and actually working in an area of the park. That was my area. And it was an absolute blast. Some great memories doing that and some professional lessons that have kind of stuck with me throughout my career. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I'm sure stuff like that has happened. And, and I, I still love Disney World. I'm like a, just a big kid when I go there. So, you know, that, that, that's pretty cool that you, you're driving those boats oh, and that it's worked into your career somehow. It has, man. I mean, well, it's one of the areas where they just continue to excel is in the customer experience, really have like a customer first type mindset. So many folks say it, but when you're there and you experience what it actually looks like and how it shows up in a person to person, it really is remarkable. Yeah, I bet. Well, that's cool. That's a lot of, that's a lot of cool life experience. So you live in Tennessee now from Boston. And uh, speaking of what you do now, like I said, you're the senior director of sales marketing, product, and consumer operations for Infinity. And I always ask people this question when they're on the show because titles can be long and sometimes people don't know exactly what it entails. So what does all that mean? And tell us what a day in the life looks like for you, or should I say a day in the, the working life looks for you? Yeah, that's good. That certainly one is a mouthful, isn't it? The um, I'd say a day <laughs> in the life really is, it really is encapsulated in trying to help the business run better. Right. There's your general statement there. What sure. that looks like in terms of a, in terms of the sales operations as an OE, right? We handle a lot of this relationship with our great retail partners that are out there. So this is sales objectives. This is vehicle flow. This is um, um, how we get the wholesale, if you will, on, on the trucks to the stores when they need it. Uh, it gets into the customer experience. What are the things that we're doing to help the retail network provide an excellent experience for their customers? So this is, you know, it's always the, it's the surveys, of course, and the scoring, but it's the systems and the processes and the partnerships that we help them help the customer. And then we get into mm -hmm. the product, the product lifecycle pieces of it, which is fabulous too. That's everything from uh, the in-market processes, how many blue ones, pink ones, polka dotted ones we're selling out there. And then as far as the future cars that are coming, how do we set the strategy up right? What's the pricing look like? What's the right content look like? So there's a mm -hmm. real, real broad set of stuff that I get to be involved in. Um, and it's really just trying to, to help the team or that we're asking the right questions, making the best decisions, using the best information um, to try to be the best. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's that sounds about right. I mean, I haven't seen any polka dot infinities off the production line, but hey, you never know. Yeah, just keep uh, an eye out. This could be an emerging trend. I, I, my team's <laughs> not taking on to it yet, but I think it's an emerging trend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look out for that. But uh, you know, definitely a good breakdown of your title over at Infinity and what they and you are doing over there. Uh, how did you guys fare during the pandemic? Do you, do you think you were able to get? cars out to dealerships quicker than others or do you think it was you know you know because of the supply chain issues or was it just kind of the same across you know across the board yeah i think it affected everybody and it certainly affected oh, yeah, us too sure. derek the um, i mean it's it was it was across the board so it, it'd be i'd tell you it'd be hard to say if we did it better or worse from how we watched in the data i think it was clear that everyone got affected and what also seemed clear is that at different times over these eight, that 18 plus months because we're still dealing with it today um, yeah. Different organizations have, have seemed to fare better or worse. So we've had a mixed story with that. There's, um, we've got a lot of we had a great organization, you know, corporately, and we've gotten a lot of good support as an Infinity brand in the U.S. that really helped prioritize some of our key things. 
with the right during the pandemic, we were launching our, our all new car, the, the the all new QX60, and it hit right during the pandemic. Um, oh, so that man. made for a really interesting launch cycle to put a brand new product out. But we got a huge amount of support from the company to really help make sure this new product was given as much supply as it could to help try to get at some of this demand that was out there. Other cars we struggled more with. So it really was a it really was a mixed bag for us. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I, I've said this on the show before, how in the beginning, everyone was like, we don't, what's going to happen? You know, like every business was like, what, what's going to happen? And then who would have thought that the automotive business just went boom, especially sales. Yes. And it, it's, it's crazy. And it's still, I mean, obviously it, it, it it's going to be a, you know, it's not going to be as crazy good as it's been the past few years, but it's been the most profitable it's been in the last 11 years or so, that's going to even out a little bit at some point. Do you think that's going to happen sooner or later? I think I think both. I think you see signals of it right now in the marketplace, right? Sure. And when you talk about, particularly when you talk about the new vehicle, new vehicle boom specifically is what we saw. You saw it in the used cars as well, but certainly new vehicle all the profitability front end for the retailers really had a dynamic swing for everybody. And yeah. part of that was was used vehicles and used vehicle equity and how they were all interrelated. Now you're seeing you're starting to see some softening in the used car market over the past months, and that affects the front end on the new vehicle side that affects the equity, the purchasing power of how consumers are coming back. So you're seeing, seeing signals of where that's hitting right now. Um, some of the parts where I see it sticking though, and this is probably, I'd say what we're seeing right now in the shift is the way our, our teams at the retail are shifting back to the old way of, so, of full sales process, value-based selling, true customer needs assessments. If you rewind back, you know, what, 12, 18 months, you know, and I'm oversimplifying it, but a customer walk on the lot and the conversation was, you can have a blue one or a red one, your pick, and here's the <laughs> price. So that, that dynamic we're seeing is changing as well, in my opinion, for the better. So I see, and I also see continued changes. I don't think we are allowed to, you know, I don't think we're going to see the end of these supply issues. Um, but I'd say for Infinity specifically, it allowed us to accelerate some of our, our priority initiatives. Uh, we have a lot going on around the customer experience. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and one thing that the pandemic did, you saw with this remote list, this contact list type of experiences, not just in the car business, but in life in general, that helps yeah. shoot steroids into the needs of customers to do this contactless business. So this helped our e-commerce efforts that we had already been working on, and it helped uh, this digital retailing, as well as our service. We call it service valet. You know, we'll come to you, pick up your car, service it, and return it to you. It helped take those to the next level really, really quickly. Yeah, I feel like more people want to, you know, I, I mean... I a lot of people still want to go to the dealership. They want to touch the car. They want to see the car. They want to drive the car. But for things like that, it's just more convenience. It's not, it has nothing to do with like, uh, you know, you know, surfaces being touched and things like that. It's, it's more to do with uh, just convenience and getting stuff done while you're at home and your car could be, you know, getting serviced or even, you know, the paperwork when it comes, when you're buying a car, just getting that stuff done online or whatever it is. First, before you have to go there, you sit in the room forever. They got that old ass printer printing up the yeah. thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's all right. that stuff needs to change. <laughs> like, and it is. You're so right. And I think that's what we've seen, particularly on that digital retailing side. This is, it's not that, you know, that tomorrow the auto business is going to be like Amazon. You click and it shows up at your door. But with the data is clearly showing that customers are doing more and more of their work online before going yeah. to the store. Because you're right. It's a big purchase. They want to see it, experience it, you know, the interior feel of a car matters what it the touch you know touching the dash all those elements i don't 
don't see those going away for a majority of consumers. There'll be some that will want to do the whole thing, soup to nuts online, and they can. And I think that's kind of probably the big thing what it's about for us is giving the customers the option. How do you set up the business where they can have the flexibility to do business that they want to? Yeah, I think so too. And that's the way to be. And I I also think that when it comes to that, that, you know, people online buying, you know, buying cars, it's more of the high-end cars. I think that people will do with, do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, that, you know, your, your, your middle-class folks, they want to, they want to, they want to, like you said, touch the car, drive the car, see the car. Cause it's a big, it's a big deal. I mean, there's, there's some people that's like, Oh yeah, we'll buy the new, uh, you know, the brand new infinity, whatever it is. And sure. And, uh, online and we'll go from there. Is, is there any, cause I know for a while and still, there's not any great incentives. Do you see those picking up at all? Because they're, they're kind of automakers didn't have to didn't have to have any incentives, it seemed like. Yeah, that's been a certainly an interesting dynamic. I think I, I, it'll be interesting to see where this thing goes over the next, you know, call it 18 to 24 months. I think that most in the industry have enjoyed what I probably call it a reset button, right? Now there's an opportunity, you know, to how you enter back into a competitive space. So right. personally, don't see things returning to where they were, you know, at the at the drop of a hat. Um, but we also know it is a competitive industry in a competitive market. Uh, and there are lots of reasons that, you know, customers are, are are could use some support, if you will, to get into that next vehicle. You know, there, there's been so much inflation going on there and actual material costs have gone up so much. The prices of vehicles have gone up. Payments have gone up. And certain right. customers, particularly your most loyal customers, you're going to want to try to keep them in the brand. Sometimes that needs a little bit of extra support put in the right place, you know, to help them help them stay loyal to the brand. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I agree. And that's, that's a smart thing to do. Is the, now is that, I know we talked a little bit about the supply chain issues, but mm-hmm. is the chip, chip shortage still a big thing? Is that affecting infinity a lot? Or I know it's affecting everyone, but are we closer to the end of that? Do you know? Yeah. Well, I'd say we're further, further through in the cycle than we've been. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be ready to declare that we're out of it yet. Um, because what we've seen is that it just rippled through so many other supply chains. Chip was one of them, but there were other supply chain disruptions that happened related to the pandemic. You know, you could have one outbreak, you could shut a factory down at a, at a second or third tier supplier, and this thing would just ripple right through. So uh, mm. I'd say it, it not only showed up in the, compo- in, the, in the chips itself, it started showing up in the components that those chips power. So it, the, the ripple effect was huge. So I don't think we're out of it yet. I think as an industry, and certainly as a company, we've gotten better at adjusting to it because it takes a lot of quick level adjustments by a lot of layers of the organization. So I think we're better at dealing with it, but I don't think we're done yet. Yeah, that's that's, that's a good answer. I, I think so too. I think we're mm-hmm. definitely more accustomed to it all, and we're adjusting. And we have adjusted, and if anything, I think we're closer to the end than than where we were. So, you know, we keep it's moving in the right direction. I would say. I hope that every day, Derek. <laughs> just curious, and I ask everyone on the show: Are you a car? You a car guy? You a car person? You love cars in general, or just the? The business side of the business. You know, there's a funny, funny story to that. I love, <laughs> I love the car business, but I'd say the, the funny story I like to say, and this could completely erode any, any credibility I have with my colleagues <laughs> in the business. Nah. I have never, ever bought a car in my life. Really? Ever. Huh. Never. So I started right at, like you had said, just out of college, right? I, uh, I didn't have a car. I lived in Boston. Just out of college, I joined the company and you have a company car, a company lease. Company car. And and from there, it started this journey of working for the company. So I, so while I have plenty of, uh, learned plenty about the business, plenty about the sales process, been taught so much by our retail network, I have never sat in a store to transact and buy a car. 
Wow, that's interesting. That is that one. But I am in love with the business. So I'm not your traditional car guy. I don't have a car in the garage that's a tinker car. But I love the the nuance of this business. I love the relationship with our network and how we do business with our retailers and together try to make this thing run better. Those are the things about the business that that I'm absolutely in love with. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no right answer to that. I'm just always curious when I talk to people in the industry if they're car people or not. Mm -hmm. And, And that's really interesting. So for pretty much 30 years, you've never had a you've you've always had a company car so you never had car payments or insurance payments or things like that that's amazing you still have yeah you still have some version of whether it was an employee lease or a demo or different things through different years yeah but it's uh that's my probably slightly embellished uh slightly embellished (laughs) story but i've actually never actually transacted and purchased a car but i still love the business that's a that's a fun fact about Bob Welby, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're that's, that's that driving can... ferry boats, right? That's probably the two most interesting things you and I will get out of today, right? <laughs> for for Disney, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, obviously Nissan is Infinity's parent company, and they have you know they have EVs. But what is Infinity's plans when it comes to EVs? I know you have the uh, I think it's called the QS Inspiration concept, which is an EV. Uh, pretty sure. Are there going to be any production model EVs unveiled at the New York Auto Show or any auto show this year for that matter? So look at that. You're trying to pump me for timeline information. So like (laughs) I'd have I'd have my my PR colleagues with a noose around my neck if I told you too much too fast. So absolutely, we're actually going to be in that space. The um, what I we have we actually last year we announced that our first EV is going to be built here in the U.S. out of Canton, Mississippi. Um, so we've not revealed the detailed timing on that yet. So that won't go that far with you today, Derek. Maybe on one of gotcha. our conversations we'll get into that. But yeah, <laughs> no we're worries. excited to have our, our first EV present. Um, and it's going to – and like you had mentioned, I mean, one thing about the Nissan Corporation is um, there's a, some fabulous intel and technology in this company. You know, with that Nissan Leaf, the first mass-produced um, EV in the on the mm-hmm. marketplace, there's a lot of expertise in the company, and Infinity is going to be in a great position to really be um, offer some of what the best that the company has to offer when we get to the market with uh, with our electric offerings. Nice, yeah. I mean, I I figured I'd just have to ask that because that's you know every company is moving to have EVs as well, and that that's a that's a big push right now. Um, what, uh, I, I mentioned auto shows. What's your thought on auto shows nowadays? Cause I just, I feel like they're just getting scarcer and scarcer. More companies are pulling out of them. Sure. What do you think? Yeah, there's an evolution. There's definitely an evolution happening there. I absolutely think they kind of have their place. Um, they've been a really strong. I do too. To engage, kind of, in one of the one of the many places we have great engagement with our media partners there, right, and colleagues. It's a great way and a platform to truly experience, you know, a variety of vehicles, but then really help tell our story with them. So we've seen that, but certainly it's evolved, right? And I think we see different stories across the country, right? There are certain shows that are more we call them consumer-based shows, where it does seem in that that market. There is a lot of, you know, a lot of customers, prospective customers that want to go and experience that and then less mm. so in other markets. So it's sure. really becomes we're seeing it being a little bit of a market by market story. And we still see it as a place to certainly tell our story, if you will, and expose certain product. But we've also been open to other ways to kind of get that message out because where it comes to for us at the end of the day, it's how can we effectively communicate to the population what we have coming? And um, we're open to all tools to do that. Yeah, well, that makes sense, market to market, uh, you know. But it, I, I, I'm assuming you guys are going to be at the New York Auto Show. That's a big one. But mm-hmm. you know, la- last year at the New York Auto Show, there were some automotive companies where it was just like, just they weren't there, and if they were, it was like scarce, and the lighting was dim, right. and yeah, it's like what is going on? And I, I'm a fan of auto shows. Like I like, mm-hmm. I like going because you can go there and see 
all the different walks of all the different type of vehicles from all different companies. So, uh, you know, I would hope that they, uh, they aren't, it's not a dying, uh, event. I'm, I don't, I hope not. I also, cause I also like them there and I'm hoping I'll see you in New York. Maybe we can set that up. Yeah, I'll be in, I'll, I'm pretty sure I'll be in New York for the first press day. Okay, great. So, uh, so yeah, I'll stop by infinity and ask for you. <laughs> I like, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously we have a lot of dealerships and stuff that uh, dealership owners that listen to this show. Is there anything you would suggest to Infinity dealerships that they should definitely look out for or start doing to prepare for the future? Wow, um, that's a great one. Actually, we t- we talked to our retailers a lot about that, um, and and I'm a big fan. I mean, that our number one, I would say, one of our biggest assets as a corporation is our network, right? So helping sure. them prepare for the future is a big one for us, and we talk a lot about that with electrification. That's the big thing in terms of preparing for the future. So much is going on in the space. You can't open the laptop on a daily basis and not see a headline on this, particularly around helping them set up their infrastructure. So that's probably mm-hmm. a key one for us right now is helping them prepare for what's the proper infrastructure as we start bringing electrified products out. So we're going to be talking about that a lot more with them this year. I'd say outside of that, that, that there's, there's the hot button for everyone these days. I think it is to continue to adjust to this market. Like we talked earlier, this market changing rapidly. How do we constantly change with that? So that's not just returning to our old tried and true customer centric type processes, right? In the sales, it's also the experience pieces. I mentioned service valet. I mentioned, you know, digital retailing. How are we helping them set up their business right, set up their personnel right, set up pay plans right that really embrace the change that we see evolving that customers are asking for in the marketplace? That's probably the main thing that, that, that grabs most of our conversations and trying to do that in the most effective way with them and the most cost effective way. Because as the market starts to change, profit pressures are going to be there for our network and for others. We have to find a way to do this profitably for them. Sure, yeah. And I think when we talk about dealerships, we have to mention this, which I've talked about before, but dealerships are evolving so much and you know so quickly, especially with EVs coming in heavy into the marketplace, even though they are only about 6% of it currently, but the push is huge. But even cars that aren't EVs are very technologically advanced, but EVs even more so, I mean, you're, you're basically driving a computer and it's even more complex. So, you know, the, the salesmen and saleswomen at dealerships need to know the cars inside and out to explain to customers how to, you know, use the car. And I, I say this a lot, but you know, some older folks aren't as technically advanced and they need to learn the car. It's not like the old mm-hmm. days when it's, yeah, like, uh, oh, you, you, you put it in drive, here's your blinker, that's the radio, gas on the right, brake on the left, right. and off yep. you go, you know? <laughs> that's definitely it. And that's, and that's a huge job of ours as the manufacturer. We have to help bring them the proper training and the effective training, right, that they can digest yeah. and be set up to do this well, not just in sales, but this applies in service as well. Our service sure. consultants and certainly our technicians are some of the best out there that have to know how to deal with, you know, with the, the way the technology has grown in it. But that's a big role that we have to play and making sure they get the right content, the right training so that they can deliver as much of that as possible to the customers that want it. Yeah. And, you know, service is a big thing. And my my, my thing has always been, why is it always so much more expensive to go to your dealership that you bought the car from mm. when you have service to be done than just bringing it to your mechanic who's going to use, you know, Nissan and Infinity parts on your car, but do it for so much cheaper? I feel like service needs to adjust a little bit because sometimes like the, the, the difference is hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars. 
value is a big value is a big one to consumers, right? I mean, that's the yeah. say probably where I would agree with you probably the most is in the evolution of this piece, right? So if there's if there's a price for it, and the retailers they're going to choose they're going to choose their prices, right? Every retailer will kind of have their own pricing policies on this policies on this. But our expectation is with the Infinity brand, and it's our retailers too. There's an experience that comes with that. Right. So there's a um, and, you know, this is everything, you know, from the basics of how you're treated, just properly trained and skilled folks. But the services that come with that, a service valet offering where we can come get your car for you and bring it back, loaner vehicles, bring bring some of those pieces so that if there's a, a dollar amount associated with a service that, that may be higher than the competition, there's tangible value that the customer can feel that goes with that. OK. Yeah, I mean, I I understand that. I just I, I feel like, and I'm not singling out Infinity or Nissan or anything. I'm just talking about in in general automotive dealerships for any brand kind of are always just so much more. And I I, I drive VW, so I experience that a lot. And I'm sure. like, oh man, you know, I just wish they would adjust a little bit, you know. <laughs> uh, so I always I always wonder, like, I feel like for the for the people, you know, service. <laughs> Could be a little, I don't know, a little, little cheaper on some of those things. I wouldn't say cheaper, but a little more uh, cost effective. You, you can see that you've seen that historically there too, like where where that can be, and for some customers that can be a barrier. You know, we, we did something, we did something this this past year that we're going to stick with is we've evolved to what we call premium care. So we'll we'll take care of basic maintenance on new infinities that we'll sell. And um, mm-hmm. it, it'll it'll help go at some of that specifically, but also it's, it's going to be going after what we think we see is really important in the industry is, and you're kind of leaning to one of the barriers of this is how do we help keep our customers connected to service after the sale? Right. Yeah. Um, and you talked about depending again, it's a, it's a retailer by retailer, market by market situation. But if they have a pricing policy that's not as competitive with say a quick lube oil change or an independent repair facility, there need to be those other other pieces that help you know keep that customer kind of connected there with the ones that know their car the best and we're going to try to take a barrier away by by including basic maintenance you know as a strategy going forward for our brand yeah well i'd I like to hear that i do think one of the things that many automakers and dealerships do which i think is good is you know the free oil changes for the first however many miles because that's a that's always a big one for a lot of people and that will get them coming back to the service to service at the dealership you know mm-hmm yeah, it's it's a it's a it's an authentic start, right? And being really clear to the consumer what what they get for that service. Um, so when you're ready to trade the VW for an Infinity, we're gonna have you taken care of. It. <laughs> hey, we'll see. You know, I, I do like Infinity. You'll have to give me a a great deal. <laughs> but hey, listen, Bob, this has been a great conversation. Covered a lot of stuff. You know, is there anything else you'd like to throw in before we get going? Man, I just thank you for for what you're doing for the for the podcast to get this information out to the universe out there for any of the, of the colleagues that uh, are at Affinity Stores that are listening. And thank you for how you're doing a great job with the brand, taking care of your customers. Well, hey, I appreciate that, and thank you for coming on the show. And I think uh, I think I actually just saw that Infinity will definitely be at the 2024 New York Auto Show, but maybe you know you guys will have some cars there on display for this year's. So if you're there, I'll swing by and I'll say what up. Yeah, I hope so, Derek. I look forward to it. Yeah, for sure. All right, Bob, it was good talking to you. You too, man. Take You got it. That was Bob Welby, the Senior Director of Sales, Marketing, Product, and Consumer Operations for Infinity with a lot of good stuff there. And for more info on Infinity and what they are doing, of course, you can go to infinityusa.com. But that will do it for the first episode of Season 6 for DNT. Make sure you follow the show on social media at Dealer News Today. I am your host, Derek D, DerekD.com for all my stuff. I appreciate you listening, everybody. And until next time, this is Dealer News Today.